0: Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson,
1: lead pastor of Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. And so now I have the great privilege of welcoming our speaker, our guest for the day. and But you know, it's hard to, to, to reference her as a guest because she's family, right? This is our sister. Our sister has come all the way from Norfolk, Virginia with her husband, David, who's right here. And I'm sure she's gonna shout him out. I'm um, so I don't wanna steal her thunder. But um, they have come all the way from Norfolk, Virginia to give you a message she has been sent on assignment and I believe that you are so special you are so loved by God that he has a specific message for you he considered you and he has sent a messenger to deliver that message to you so that you can live in your purpose and calling that he designed for you you believe that And so today, I pray that you lean in, that you take notes. If you have the cool church app, use those notes. Um, And our sister, and one thing about her is that um, she's my pie. And for those of you who were in the session yesterday, you know what that means. But everything that we do together is done in excellence. And so PI stands for partner in excellence. And so we named ourselves that because every time that we're around each other, we lift each other, we elevate each other, we love each other well. And so I'm so honored that she is here to elevate you, right? Because we're family. And the last piece is that you might've remembered her dad, Bishop Courtney McBath, That's her father. And we've seen David, um, Pastor David Osborne speak. We've had Pastor Janine McBath, that's her mother. And now we've saved the best for last. And that's my sister, Lydia Osborne. So if you will, Cool Church, one more time, let's get up on our feet and honor our sister.
0: praise. God is good. I know we applaud men and women, but I'm here to give all glory, all praise, and all honor to God. You can be seated. Thank you for having me. Thank you for welcoming me. Um, I love your pastors, pastors Terrence and Joanne. Man, you have the most amazing shepherds. God must love you all so, so much that he would give you Two people so committed to God that they're founders. I, you know, the thing about founders is that they will plow ground that nobody else wants to get their hands dirty in. They go and they seek out places that, and, and they're led by God, and the Spirit of God rests upon them, and the anointing of God rests upon them, as it does in this church. So I am honored. I don't take this casually. I don't come in here just want to say some good words. I come here with a word from God. I know it's an assignment that I'm on. I told Pastor Joanne, I was praying for you all. I was fasting for you. I said, God, what do you have me to say to your people? So I'm so excited about what God wants to do um, in us today. Can we just clap again for your pastors, Pastor Joanne, Pastor Terrence. And I honor my parents, Bishop Courtney and Pastor Janine McBath. I just call them mom and dad. But they have been leading our church in Norfolk, Virginia for over 33 years. Uh, And they are also founders. They founded our church. And David and I, we have been married for 15 years. We've been leading in ministry together for almost 20 years. And uh, he's, a, he's a fine, tatted-up piece of goodness, and I, uh, yeah, you didn't take my thunder. I was, I was peeping you out from around the corner, but I love, love, love this man. Um, he provides a space for me to really express God's design in me, and then when, he, when you have a covering like that what that does in you to be able to trust God, to see even more, because that's just a man's ability, but God's ability, what that opens up for you to see the power of God in your life. I am so privileged that God allowed me to be married to someone, have a partnership, and then create four amazing boys with him. Uh, we have I have a picture of our boys. I think we're going to put it up here, but our boys, we have a 12 year old that is almost 13 he'll be 13 next month anybody who's a parent of teenagers if you can just bring some oil for me after church just right, right here everyone can just anoint anoint me please we have a 12 year old and then our 10 year old will just turned 11 today Jacob he is here with us it is his birthday today so I didn't want to leave him we have a 9 year old his name is Roman and then we have a 7 year old oh those are my boys oh no they're not But they were, (laughs) there they go. Those are the boys. So that's Samuel, that's Micah, that's Roman, and that's Jacob. And um, those are my miracles. The thing with each of my kids, there was something that I had to push through for me to see the blessing of God. God says that children are blessing. With my first son, that I went blind in my left eye with Samuel. And I remember the doctor said, if you don't rest, you won't be able to see this baby. And there's sometimes where God will allow us to have to push through some things, that blessing. There's a dis- the, the disruption at times in the process of the blessing. But God says, if you can rest in me, I will be able to allow you to see the things I have for you. So Samuel, my, I went blind in my eye with Jacob. I had low water levels. I had to go on bed rest with Roman. They said he had a condition that was not compatible with life, so they sent us to someone to just abort the baby. Just be prepared. It's just what he has is not compatible with life, and so he's our miracle baby. God, we went through all these different tests, and all of a sudden, the doctors were like, well, we don't see that issue anymore, and the things we just prayed over that boy. I'm telling you, if you... If you stay faithful to the things that God has shown you, his promises are true. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. And it is a a true testament of his love for us. And then Micah, that brother is just crazy. I don't know what I was doing when I was pregnant with him. I must have been eating some crazy stuff. That boy will buck on you. And I just love him. I'm just trying to just reposition that passion. Um, But those are my kids. Those are my boys. I love them and I just honor them. Um, And then I just honor this position. I don't take it lightly. So I want to get into the word. Y'all ready for the word? We're going to go to Luke 15 verses 1 through 10. Luke 15 verses 1 through 10. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. That's in the New Testament. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people. Do people complain about the people you have around you? He was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't stayed away. Or suppose, verse 8, a woman who has 10 silver coins and loses one, won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels, even when one sinner repents. Let's pray. God, we thank you for you've designed this moment for destiny. You've designed this moment for us to hear your word, to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. I thank you, God, that I hide behind the cross so you will be seen, so you will be glorified. In this moment right now, I don't know where your people are coming from, but I ask that you replace anxiety with peace. God, you replace uh, confusion, God, with the competence and a commitment to your word. I thank you, God, that you give us a heart that longs after you. Lead us, God. Let your word illuminate in us today something new, something fresh, God, because we know that we have been set apart and set aside for this time. We do not come in here casually, but we come in here prepared to hear a word from you. And we thank you, God, for what you're gonna do. In Jesus' name, amen. My message is called, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. The revolution will not be televised. Many of you, I don't know, we got some people that were in the 60s and 70s. This phrase was coined by Gil Scott Heron in the song during the climax of the 70s, late 60s, early 70s, in response to most much of the social and political issues that many of us see. Still see today inequities very similar to what we view on our own televisions. A time like now where the believer will not be able to just plug in their television and watch a world lost in their sin with apathy. The change that we are praying to see can only come by active participation. Jesus was about that action. He didn't need a post. He just remained in position. I'm asking you today, where have you been planted in position to cause change and to bring a revolution? The sending of Jesus agitated the religious order because he revolutionized the order, he changed the game. Jesus became the new order, the new covenant in human flesh. Jesus was a revolutionary cool church, you have been commissioned to disrupt the usual order of this day. You've been positioned in a place to bring miracles into every situation that you encounter. Revival rests on you not to just remain in this house, but to revolutionize a region and a whole generation. You don't have to go to another country to find your mission field. You're a missionary the moment you walk out of You're a missionary the moment that you open the door and say, God, I'm going to walk on purpose today. Lead me and direct me. Holy Spirit, I submit my ways to you so that any place that I find myself, I don't mind being inconvenienced for you. A revolutionary is just involving or causing a complete dramatic change. Because the love of God, if this is cool church, like we say it is, we are created out of love for love so the love of god is not passive love is a force dr king says it best in his book strength to love that love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend how many enemies have you encountered where the love of god has changed them into a friend of god How many people have you encountered where you've changed the trajectory of their lives? Is this not what Jesus did? Yet when we were in our own sin, the Bible said we were enemies of God. We had beef for we had strife with God. And yet Jesus dramatically changed our position from enemy to friend. How many times have we ignored the spirit leading us to go get Jesus's friends? How many times has God just asked you to just be aware of the people around you, but we get so caught up in our day and the distractions of our day that we miss eternal encounters. Tell someone you are a revolutionary. Tell them you are a revolutionary. like, Like you mean it, like I'm here to make some changes. I'm here to make some changes. I want to just give you three tools of revolutionary needs. The first thing, be prepared for sinners to run towards you while some saints run away. Be prepared for some sinners to run towards you while some saints might run away. Because The Bible said tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. And it made the Pharisees mad because tax collectors were seen as oppressors. Some of them were Jewish people who were working for the Roman Empire, oppressing their own people. So oftentimes they were left out of these religious uh, worship areas because people didn't want them around because they were seen as oppressors. You, may say, you might say, well, when I'm not Jewish, then what does that have to do with me? Well, think of an oppressive group. So think about this group and then think about cooking a good meal for them. Or maybe have your mama cook a good meal for them. And then tell her the meal that you made for this group of people are the ones uh, that wanted to rob you. Can we do that? Can we cook a meal for someone who wants to oppress us? Can we make space for people to come enjoy the food of God's word with you? Can you bring them into this house and invite them in the kindness of God and the love of God and say, you know, I know the places that you like to be around, but I want to bring you to the house of God. Can we bring those people into these spaces of love? Can we patiently believe for someone like Saul who became Paul, the writer of most of the New Testament, who formerly murdered Christians until he encountered Christ? My question is, do we have that kind of confidence in God to guide an enemy into friendship with God? This kind of work only comes when we walk in total agreement with the spirit of God. He is our helper. The Bible says that the spirit of God is our helper. So we must activate his power to love in a revolutionary way. Sometimes we just gotta remind ourselves how distant we once felt. I love that we did communion today because you gotta pause for a minute and say, God, if it wasn't for your grace, if it wasn't for your mercy, how distant I used to be from you, how futile my mind used to be, how hopeless I used to be when I didn't have you. And then when I take that wafer and when I drink the blood, I, it goes down in it and I sit and I just let it fall through my throat and I remember. Lord the time when I was away from you a time when I didn't want you a time when I didn't want your blood I wanted to do my own thing and he said my love draws enemies to me I was an enemy of God we were all enemies of God at one time He says, I love you enough. I want to be your friend. And it wasn't just enough for him to send his son to die for us. But he said, I'll give him yours. I'll give the spirit of God to you so that you can do my work. You can bring other people out. So this this good gospel is not just for us. We should be in this place with people. We should be looking for places hungry when we wake up. God, just let me encounter somebody who needs you today. God, just send me somewhere so that I can bring someone into your house today. This is a time of urgency for the church. It may not be the 60s or the 70s, but I'm seeing some oppression still. I'm seeing some inequality and inequities. And God's like, I need people who are willing to stand in the gap. Are you willing to stand patiently and wait for someone who's an enemy to become a friend? Can they be a friend? We don't look like what we've been through, but for the grace of God. I don't look like what I've been through, but, but the grace of God. When difficulty and trials come, how the love of God draws us to himself. And yet the word says in Romans, where sin increased, oh, where grace increased all the more. Where darkness was even more light. It says the darkness cannot overcome the light. So don't be afraid if God sends you into dark places. Don't be afraid. Almost be willing. Send me to the darkest place, God. Send me to the darkest place. Like the woman in the story, just sweeping and sweeping and looking for places for God to send her. Are we looking for places to be sent? Because this is the call. We come in here, we have a good time together, and we talk about the things that God is doing, and we applaud one another. But do we pause for the sinner? Are we pausing or are we still just applauding one another and how great we look together and there's light around light but no one's bringing darkness in here. Where is God sending you? Where are you able to be inconvenience for the Lord? Sometimes we just have to remind ourselves where he brought us from. Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable because if it wasn't for the grace of God... Jesus was both spiritual and relational. How far is God's grace reaching from your life to another person? Are we close enough to the felt need or are we on the sidelines? Because when I see Jesus, he was never on the sidewalk, he was always in the middle. He was always in the middle of something, he was always standing up for someone, he was always challenging the perspective of the day. But you can't challenge something if you don't know something. So where's, we got to know the word of God. You have to know the word of God so that when the Lord sends you into place, because this is the thing, the enemy, he's going to be checking for you. You say you got something to say? He's like, I'm going to see what you got to say. Let me send a little distraction over here. Let me send some calamity, some chaos, some wind and some rain. Are you able to be immovable, immovable by the word of God? I first met David as a 16 year old. He's the first revolutionary person I ever met. David used to have like a a mohawk, basically. He had a mohawk, he used to dress the craziest way. And I used to see him, I was like, yo, this guy is so weird. Cause this is the thing, like he loved Jesus. And I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. I was like, why you gotta love Jesus so much? Like, do you have to go all the way in as a 17 year old? Like nobody's doing that right now. And so. David was like most radical person like David went to Howard University and he was stand on like in the courtyard. He was the one with the Bible and the Timbs on talking about Jesus is the way like he was John the Baptist in the wilderness, but in the hood. And I would just be, he would tell these stories and some people be like, oh, that's so cute. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so whack though. (laughs) Like, why would you want to do that? And so I remember David, my parents, uh, I was trying to date like whatever drug dealer I could find. That was my life. Like, I was like, Lord, I don't want this. And so we met each other at this crossroad where I was trying to go this way and he was definitely in like a total opposite direction. And so he took me to my dance cuz my mom was like, "Girl, you just don't like Christian men." And I was like, "I mean, not the ones that I've been seeing." So she <laughs> she literally picked David out for me. Like, to, she said, "Well, I saw this guy worshiping in church." So so one of the people in church comes and gets David. And it was like, you know, the pastor needs to see you. So then they take David and they take him to a little room. It's so crazy. It's like, I don't know why we do like mom type stuff in church. It's like, it's <laughs> unnecessary. And so they take him into his room and he was just, uh, he didn't know what he was there. And he's like, you know, basically we want you to take our daughter to a dance. And so I remember, it was the first time David and I hung out. And so he said, I just want to let you know, I don't dance to, to secular music. I was like, that's fine. <laughs> just take me to the dance, right? So... <laughs> We at the dance. Well, before we went to the dance, we went, we went out to eat. So I was so selfish at that time. I just thought, everything's about me. Everything's about what I want. I remember I ordered an appetizer. I'm 16, ordered everything. I didn't ask him if he had money or to split any check. I was like, this brother going to take care of it. So I, we go out to eat, and then we go to the dance, and he literally does not dance. I'm sneaking on the dance floor the whole time, like, that brother really ain't dancing. And so he sat there... I promise y'all I would not make this up. We leave, right? So I remember I text my friend. We were supposed to hang out later, but I was like, I can't keep hanging out with him. So I text my friend, I was like, just meet me at IHOP and we'll act like we just ran into each other. So I didn't tell him this till like years later. So he's healed and stuff from, from my <laughs> my trifliness. <laughs> so we get to IHOP and, oh no, before we get to IHOP, this is, what, this is what he said when we were leaving the dance floor. I promise y'all, he goes like this. He stretches his hand, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I was looking like, oh, yeah, brother, you got to take me home. You got to take me home. We can't be doing this. I was like, what? So that's when I called my friend. I was like, yo, yo, you got to just meet up with me, and I'm going to let him go his way. He'll go my way. It turns out, so that's 16, 17 years old, and God tells David one day that I'm going to be his wife. I'm in school, I played soccer at North Carolina State University, I'm there on a soccer scholarship. David would show up at my games, I would just high and buy. Like, I don't spend any, I don't call him, I don't do anything. So it was five years of David pursuing me. When I say pursuing, he would show up, he gave me diamond bracelets, I pawned them joints. <laughs> I'm not even lying. That's my mind. Yeah, my mind was—it wasn't seeing things. And so I pawned those. He got me flowers and shoes. Five years. I never called him. He would keep calling me. I would be like, "Why is this brother calling me?" He would call me. And when I say I was having a hot girl summer, spring, winter, fall. <laughs> David would call me in the middle of. This is the thing. I knew the word of God, but I thought, "God, I can just pause." just pause and just play around with sin it won't take me down it won't take me down oh, I can hang with them for a little bit I don't really want to be set apart I kind of want to fit in with the crowd so I'm just come over here and Dave would have called me I would be high I'm not play- I would be high and Dave would call me saying I was just praying for you and I thought I should call you and I would just high is all gone and that's the thing. You think you're going to get high enough to where God can't reach you, but he is higher than. God said, keep on. I'm going to keep lifting you up till you get to me. I'm going to keep lifting you up till you get to me. I told God I don't want to marry a pastor. I don't want to marry a pastor. <laughs> God said, baby, I got other plans for you. You're about to be one. I, 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 t- everything I told God I don't want to do. He did the opposite. You can't run from your call. You can't run from your position. You can't run from your purpose. Because when God says it, he says it, and he means it. He said, if you make your bed in hell, I will find you. He made... He will send somebody else to get you out. That's what I love about this man, how revolutionary he was. He said, I don't care if she makes her bed in hell, I'm going to go get her. Because God, God told him I was for him. But even greater than that, just us being together, was that God had to allow me to have my own encounter. See, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't complete because of David. God set me apart so he could complete the work he was doing in me. So, wherever you are, you're not complete just because God put you with somebody. He already started the good work in you. That's just a compliment. That's just a compliment to what God is already doing in you. You have to have your own encounter with God. So when the things come, they don't move you because it was never formed by human hands. It was never formed by uh, um, the mind of a person, but it was the mind of Christ that you've taken on and say, I'm gonna stand firm and stay in place because there's someone that needs to see me. When we submit our will to God's will, then we commit ourselves to the things God cares about, the lost ones. The hidden figures. Can you find them? Are you looking for them? Number two, a revolutionary needs to know that one is worth the wait. Just that one. He said he'll leave the ninety-nine for the one. One is worth the wait. Sometimes we're like God used me to do all these great things—ten things, twenty things. He said, "Can you just be faithful to the one?" It's the one thing I'm asking for you to do. In our own sin, God saw us and rescued us. As we sweep this broom, it's like the Holy Spirit is just moving us and strengthening us. The thing about the woman, when I envisioned it, she's just sitting there, she's in her own home. She's in her own place looking. What tools are you using? Says she had a broom and a light. The light is the word of God. It lights our path. Says it is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. But the broom, what's your broom? What's your skill? Where is God leading you? Has skill's not supposed to just be self-seeking? It should be to serve. Who are you serving? Who is your power serving? Is he, Where are you sweeping? Are Are you getting in the crevices of that community? Are you able to get your your hands dirty? Because if you can, your broom can't get to it, can your hands get to it? I gotta get to them. I got to get to them. Where where are you sweeping? Where are you going? What are you using? What are your tools? Because if you don't have any tools, the enemy will come for you and then he will try to throw you around. I'm telling you, he doesn't like the people of God because the thing is, we have something he doesn't have. We have a relationship. We have access to power. We have access to the creator. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy And we have life everlasting. He wants that. He's mad about that. He lost that. So he's trying to hide all the, he's like, oh, the Christians won't go over here. The Christians don't go over here. They don't go to the LGBTQ plus community, do we? What? We don't bring them, we don't bring people into our church. Do we go over here? Do we go, do we help the single mother? Do we resource our community? Do we find out the felt needs of our community or are we on the sideline, just like, oh, somebody's gonna help. We We got our tool. We just holding our tool. Oh, we'll let them come get it. No, you come give it. Where are you going? Are you helping out? Are you serving? Are you volunteering? These are things so that the people of God can be seen, not just shadows, pretending to have power but empty but empty the Bible talks about that we have the illusion of power because of our goodness we talk about our Christian morals but we're not releasing any power to anybody we're hoarding it we're, we're loving it here because people can see what I'm doing in my church they can see me serving but if I go out there I won't be seen so I wanna make sure, let me put it on my reels so people make sure they see me serving. Let me post about it. I get out of position just to post because you gotta see what I'm doing to find value. I'm asking, are you going into the dark places where you will not be seen? The only thing that should be seen is the light of God. So I hide myself, I abide in the shadows of the Almighty so that he can use me to empower someone to find him. Where are we sweeping? Where are we going? I have a friend, she's, doing my, uh, she's been doing my hair for a while. And I remember when I first started talking to her, she said, uh, you know, I don't believe in the church. I said, that's fine. You can keep twisting these edges up, though. So I just sat there. <laughs> keep locking me up, though, sis. Keep locking me up. So she, she said, you know, I don't believe in the church. I said, okay. Six months later, she's. I keep going to her. She says, uh, you know, she said, I'm having issues I'm having problems in my relationship. okay, I'm listening. You know how you just sneak in good advice, but she don't know it's godly advice? Just be real, real stealth about it. So I was like, okay, well you should, you should, have you thought of counseling? No, I know we, we, we talk about stuff. Okay, nine months later, she's going to see a Christian counselor with her boyfriend. Fiance, I don't know. there's something. They're together. <laughs> so she's going to see a Christian counselor, but she don't believe in the church, but it's OK. She, she's getting some counsel. Twelve months later, I keep going back. 12 months later, tell me about her relationship. She says, "Well, Lydia, can you come to my house? We're having a housewarming, you know if you just you know I'm trying to get people to bless it, trying to get some energy in there. I'll come in there with the sage. I know what spirit, what energy I'm bringing. I say, okay, I'll come in the house, send her a gift. I'll just show up at her job and give her gift cards. How are you just showing up giving kindness? Giving kindness to people. Not anybody can give you anything back. I'm not looking for that. But what, what are you giving? So I keep going, keep talking to her. It's been 12 months. Keep going, keep talking, keep, keep serving. That's the thing. Can you undergird someone? Can you come under to lift them? How are you leveraging your place in Christ for someone else, for their salvation? Are you leveraging the power of God in you to be able to put you in a place where you can set somebody up on higher ground? Twelve months later, she's talking to me again. So this time, I'm sitting in my seat. I said, Lord, you know, I want to tell her, give her scripture, scripture. This time I'm sitting in my seat. And then I, I said to her, I said, you know what? I said, um, you, I know you don't believe in Christ. She said, in, in the church, because she just the church. I don't know what issue she had with the church. She doesn't say Jesus. She says the church. I said, well, I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about Jesus. I said, do you mind if I give you, um, send you a video because there was a message preached. She said, now nah, you know I don't believe in that, but but you can send it. I said, thank you, Lord. I said, I told her, I said. You can put, she said, this is what she said, I pray to I pray to her, I pray to the universe, I pray to God, to her, whoever she is. And I said, well, I want you to offer another perspective. Put that up with your other gods and, and I'll just go ahead and send that to you. And she's like, I'll take it, I'll take it. Are you okay just offering what you have in a moment? Even if someone is against what you believe, will you still offer what God's given you? Will you offer your testimony? Will you testify? There's a time where we have to testify. We have to give an account for what God is doing in us. There are people waiting to be found. They have no idea that they're lost. And how many times have we casually missed opportunities to advance God's kingdom on earth because we're too busy deciding if it felt right? Is this really right? Oswald Chambers says, if you select your own spot to be planted, you will prove yourself to be an unproductive, empty pod. However, if you allow God to plant you, you will bear much fruit. How many of us are seeing fruit? How many of us are seeing a harvest? What does the Bible say about the harvest? It's plenty, but the laborers. Where are the laborers? We're supposed to be co-laborers with Christ. Where are we laboring? What is it producing? Galatians 6 and 9 says, and let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest, a harvest if we do not give up. So what I'm asking you is don't give up on that person. Don't give up on that neighbor. Don't give up on your sister. Don't give up on your brother. Don't give up on your coworker. Because God will complete the work that he's begun in you. But he just needs to see people who remain in place. Like the woman, if nobody sees you searching for the lost, would you, con- would you continue serving? Will you keep searching for that coin, that valuable brother or sister who Jesus said, they are my focus. Don't give up on them. And last number three is the revolutionary must find security in the secret place. The revolutionary man or woman must find security in the secret place because a revolution begins in us. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We don't know the will of God until we get some tests. The tests are the evidence that, okay, he's working that will out. Are you putting yourself in places to be tested? Because out of our tests come our testimony. Yes. So we gotta make ourselves available to be tested yeah. so that we can produce a testimony. Yeah. Your mind informs your heart and your heart transforms your habits. So your mind informs, what am I bringing into my mind? And then what that transforms to my heart and then my heart, it, it informs my habits. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So is your heart going after God's treasure? Is your heart sweeping, looking for that coin, God's treasure? We, did we give up? Did our legs get tired? Did we get weary? Did it take too long? Because I don't remember the Bible saying that there's it's a time on it. Because the work even that he does in us, he's going to bring it to completion. But it may take for some people five months, some people five years, some people 20 years. But is he still God? He's still working in us. He's still asking us, can you still keep seeking Can you still keep seeking the treasure that I have? Because they are treasured people of mine. We must see ourselves on assignment, ambassadors for the Lord. Our work is an extension of our Father. We are the branches and our endurance comes from remaining in the vine. John 15 and 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. The work of a revolutionary is not easy. You're an agitator to the realm of spiritual wickedness and darkness. You must be led and guided by the voice of God. You have to know that you are called and you've been set apart. You must commit to a consecrated lifestyle, not just a momentary fast. Your life must be a commitment to consecration. Consecration just means set apart. There's a time that God needs to set you apart so you can hear from him. You can hear his voice leading you. Consecration will make room for celebration. Consecration makes room for celebration. What happened when the woman found the coin? She, she called her friend. She threw a party. That's what heavens do and when you consecrate yourself I'm set aside for the use of the Lord heaven has a party because look you say it's gonna rejoice when you find the coin it rejoices when that sinner comes to faith it's the work that you put in the work that you continue to do you keep going to God in prayer offering up petitions for that brother or for that sister we must immediately bring people into community so that they feel they belong in the community the Bible doesn't say she cleaned up the coin before she brought it to her friends. Oftentimes we think, oh, Lord, I know, I know you called me to this place, but let me clean them up a little bit before I bring them to my connect group. <laughs> we do. We, 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 we think, well, I don't know how they're going to perceive them. Oh, I wonder if they're going to smell the weed on them. I wonder if they're going to smell the weed on you. <laughs> don't act like you ain't hit that blunt last week. God forgave you. You don't think he can't forgive them? And I'm not coming for what you do. I'm just saying sometimes we have this, we act like this proximity is God's preference. God says, wherever I am, there's liberty. You don't have to clean anybody up for freedom. That's God's word. He just asks you, just bring him to me. I'll do that. That's not even our ability. That's not even in our jurisdiction. God is like, I want you just to plant a seed, water the seed, be kind to people, look out for your brother or sister, uphold somebody, help out that person in in your job, on your job or in your community or in your neighborhood, look for the coin, look for the need, what is the need, not what you think the need is, but you got to be close enough to where you know what the need is, my neighbor needs a babysitter, my coworker needs some help, What is the need around you? We can't walk out into our communities casual. We can't walk out into our communities just being figureheads of hope and not bringing anybody into true hope, true community. Where are we being led? This is our call as we become like-minded in our mission. Jesus says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. When you usher in the power of God, your purpose, you're sweeping. When you usher in the ability to reach people in these places, in these dark places, when you resource people in places by the love of God, you're showing them God. You're lifting up God. He says, you lift me up. I will draw people unto myself. Show show people what it looks like to really serve. Show people what it really looks like to be godly, to be loving, to be enduring, to be patient, to be gentle, to be kind. Not to be self-seeking, self-serving, but to be able to uplift someone, to undergird somebody. He is calling us to draw men and women to himself. And I'm closing here. What are we changing? We're revolutionaries. I say, the revolution will not be televised. It'll be actualized. It'll be felt when I encounter you. It'll be felt when I sit with you. It'll be felt when I talk to you. It'll be felt when I'm accepted by you. I don't have to clean myself up to be in your presence. It'll be felt as Jesus did. He got close enough to feel people he didn't stay far away, shouting at him, you should do better. You should come to me. No, he, he touched him. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And what his grace will also do, will give you the power. It'll give you the power to walk out the God visions and God dreams that he's given you. There's change I know that many of you want to see in your community. There's change that I know you want to see in your home. There's change that I know you want to see in your life. But let him start here. Change your hearts. To so God, I don't want to conform to this world. I don't want to conform to a perspective that's not biblical. I don't want to conform to a worldview. I want to conform to God view. What is your view? What is his view for you? Do you know what that is? And then use that to be the catalyst for your life. Use that and ask God, petition God, put me in places where I'm not going to miss someone today. Make me sensitive, oh God, in the spaces that you put me in. You put me here for a reason. You put me here for a purpose. I want to live on purpose. I want to live on mission. If that's your heart today, I just want to pray for you. As I close, and if there's anyone who just says, I'm not even close, I don't know God. I don't know the Lord as my savior. I wanna pray for you as well. Because this life that he has for you, it's, it's available to you today. What we did today and we, we were in remembrance of what God did, that's a moment for you too to have to say, Lord, I was away from you. I was, I was an enemy of Christ, but I became a friend today. And I allowed the blood of God to wash away my sin. And then I want to pray for those of you, maybe you feel like I got off purpose. I get distracted. I don't really wake up looking for my community to be my mission field. I'm always asking God, send me somewhere else. I want to be a missionary in another country. And God saying, I just want you to be on mission here. If you want to just recommit that to the Lord, I want to pray for you. And if any of that applies, to you, if you just raise your hand, I'm just going to pray for you today. God, I thank you for your people. I thank you for brothers and sisters who want to be on mission, who want to be revolutionary. They want to revolutionize their community for your glory. Not glory that is self-seeking, but glory that serves the purpose of heaven as eternal value. We thank you, God, for positioning, positioning us in places to bring the power of God Give us a heart of celebration for those that come to understanding in you. Give us a heart willing to continue to seek and look for and seek out dark places so that we can find the one. Don't make us too comfortable with the 99 that we don't look for the one. Don't make us comfortable anymore in our places, high places and lofty ideas of thinking that this is what success means. It's being up high. In your eyes, success is being down low, It's being low and being close and humble to the ground, being able to keep our ear close to the needs of the people and keeping our eyes open and aware of what you wanna do. Bring us into this knowledge continually. We consecrate ourselves not just for moments of fasting, but we create habits of consecration, of times we set ourselves apart. I pray that you will uh, in, impress in our hearts, even times in the week, that we just want to be with you. Give us a hunger and a thirst for you, God. We thirst after you. Like a deer panted for water, God, I pray that you just, uh, in, in this moment, God, just begin to lift the faith and, and lift the hunger of your people to seek and save the lost. And for this, we give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you honor, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Oh, come on, thank you, Lydia. Come on, let's give her another. Oh, that was so, so powerful. See, what I love so much about All of what she says is that Jesus is a revolutionary and the thing about a revolutionary is that a revolutionary does what they need to do for others it's not about them amen and I love that Jesus sacrificed himself for us all and I don't know if during her prayer maybe there were some people in this place that are far from Christ maybe you didn't know that you had that uh, that Christ died for you because he did die for you the revolutionary who is Jesus sacrificed himself so that we would not live or have to live without God in our lives oh Jesus loves us so so much amen and so there's a scripture that says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So Christ already sacrificed himself for you. And so in order for his sacrifice to apply, to be applied to our lives, because the reality is, is that the wage of sin is death. But god doesn't look upon our sin he sees the blood of jesus on our lives but that's only when we accept the blood of jesus into our lives when we say yes to jesus so if that was you as our dear sister prayed for us today and maybe you said man i i i, I want jesus in my life i may not have known or been uh, understood the power of him and and his blood and i didn't realize that he sacrificed himself for me and man i i i want to live a life for him if that's you raise your hand come on put your hands up we got to do something different if we want something different to happen in our lives and 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 i see some hands i see hands i see hands i see hands come on And see, the thing is, once again, if you want a different result in your life, you have to do something different. So I'm gonna call right? Today was about calling, right? So if you raised your hand in this place, will not you take one more step and join me up front here so that I can pray with you. I just want to pray with you because you can't make a, say you want Jesus or make a decision that, okay, you're going to allow Jesus into uh, your heart and then you go without power. So we want to pray together. So will not you come up here? Come on, don't be scared. Come on, come on, come on. I saw hands, but I'm not seeing bodies. Let's go. Join me, join me, join me. Maybe you've been far from God and you're like, you know what, I need to recommit myself to Christ. I gotta get back right with him. Come on, I want you to come join me as well. Come on, you're not alone. Come, come, we all had to make that. Yes, brother, let's celebrate him. See, even if it's one, we talked about the one, right? Come on, yes. Come on, brother. If there's anybody in this place that wants to recommit their life to Christ, Maybe this is the first time you come on and you know what? Here's the thing, we don't do things alone. We are a community, we are family. So why don't you look to your left right now or your right and say, man, if you're scared, I'll go with you. You don't have to go alone. Hold their hand, take their hand and drag them down here. Come on, let's go, let's go. If you saw somebody raise their hand, and be like, I'll go with you, you don't have to go alone. I'm giving you a few minutes, giving you a few minutes. So brother, it's interesting because we talked about the one today. And you are that important to Christ. You are that important to the kingdom. Oh, we got sis, sis. Now it's two, but it did sound better when it was one. But we too. <laughs> we have one pair, right? Come on, sis. Let's go, let's go. Come on. That's right. You know, it's not meant, this is not meant to embarrass anybody or to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But the reality is, is that some of us have been too comfortable in our sin, right? And we gotta get a little uncomfortable and do something different for God to move in our lives, right? See, I love the faith that you applied and maybe this is the first time that you've made a gesture like this or, or, or a, um, a commitment or a declaration, right? Cause making, stepping out, is a declaration and as we're in this wave or in this move of being a revolutionary stepping out from where you were to this new place that god wants to take you i believe it's an act of rebellion against hell and i love that you did that you are a revolutionary because you said you know what i gotta do something different and, and, and I recognize that a higher power has died for me and thought enough of me, thought I was worthy, cause you are worthy, you are worthy king, you are worthy queen. And they thought he thought enough of me that he said, you know what? I'm gonna die for them because I don't want them to be separated from God. This is what this is all about that we don't have to live in separation of God. And see, our connection to God gives us access to everything. We don't have to worry. We can live in this life. And it doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy, but it does mean that we don't have to go at it alone. Amen. And guess what? You got a whole family of people in this place who love you and who will support you. Amen. And so I just wanna make sure that that, that that you understand that if you believe in your heart and you confess, we're gonna confess right now with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you too will be saved. So why don't we, one last gesture is uh, everybody's gonna, everybody with their hands up, your hands up. And what this means is that we are surrendering ourselves. We are surrendering to God's will right now, right? Sometimes we just have to just let him be in control. So that's what this gesture means is that God is in control right? Sometimes we think we're the ones in control, but honey, God controls all of this, right? And even when we're facing challenges, God is still in control because our challenges are meant to push us and grow us, amen? So why don't you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, Jesus, I've sinned. sinned. I'm not proud of it. it. I let it go. I I trust you, Lord. I I want you, Lord. I I I believe that you died on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, and, for that. Now, Lord, and now, Lord, I want to continue my life living for you. Living for you. Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. Guide, me. Guide me. Thank you, Lord, for thank saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. And that is it. Come on. Let's go. Now, the great thing is, is that this is a family in this place. And you have now joined the family of Christ. That's good news, come on. And it's so much so, we even got a sign for you that says, welcome to the family. And see the thing about family, at least the family of Christ is that we celebrate each other. And we believe that you're the most important day of your life is not your wedding day. It's not election day as we, we, we do love election day, right? But it is the day that you say yes to Jesus. And so family is already doing what I'm about to tell them to do. But we like to turn up here when somebody says yes to Jesus. We're going to celebrate you. So on Three Cool Church, let's celebrate our family. Yes. And you're going to head this way and our family is going to talk to you and pray with you. Come on. not. It's running after me. Yes. your is running, out. It's running after me. How beautiful. Don't ever say you ain't seen a miracle before, amen? Every time we see people turn away from their past, turn away from sin, that's a miracle saying yes to Jesus and saying, you know what? Flesh, you're not in control. Spirit is in control. That's a miracle. And every day we have to die to ourselves and we have to choose Jesus every single day. But it was beautiful to watch people do it for the first time, right? Remember your first time? It was beautiful. And so thank you, Pastor Lydia. What a powerful word. I believe that today was about don't end now it sounds like you about to end keep going (laughs) before we go we can't hear a word like that and do a special prayer because I believe that what that was all about was releasing an anointing to do a lot of us like to sit around and talk and point and I don't think there's a, it's a coincidence that we have elected officials in the house, who by the way sat through the service, shout out to y'all. <laughs> a lot of people like to tip in, say their peace and then peace out. I'm like, nah, you sit and you listen to the word. <laughs> you bat that life. So I love that because what they represent is people who are doing, whether or not you agree with them or not, they're doing. And they're utilizing a platform that God has positioned them to do what they think is right and what God is leading them hopefully in their heart to do. And so I believe that there's a call for all of us in this place, for believers in this place to stop sitting around and pointing, but to do. And to utilize the gifts that God has put inside of us to go and get the one, to not be blind to the sinner, To do what's right. See, we can't be sitting up in church all the time getting spiritually fat and not sharing everything that we've heard. Yes, I said spiritually fat. (laughs) Some of us are just taking, taking, taking for ourselves. But what are we giving out? How are we utilizing what we've been given to help others? Revival is not about sitting around and taking it all in. It's about being empowered so we can go out and have other people come to know Jesus. And so i want to pray i want a special prayer for some believers in this house to get to action we got work to do people of god god has positioned people in your sphere of influence god has positioned you in the marketplace don't think that because you don't work in church you're not a pastor don't think that because you, you 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 may not be a pastor vocationally, but you are called to represent God in the world. And as a matter of fact, you are closer to those that don't know Him. So, in essence, your job is even more important for you to bring people to Jesus and so I want to pray right now and as a matter of fact I don't want us to stay comfortable either if you're a believer in this place and you call yourself a man or woman of God as we close out this men and women's summit I want you to come to the front because we about to pray for action right I want God to move us don't wait for me let's go let's go men and women of God are y'all ready to move and utilize your gifts Are you ready to utilize your gifts to affect your community, to give people hope? Are you ready to utilize your resources, deploy the resources that God has given you to affect somebody, to help somebody? You ain't got to necessarily march, although you can. You don't necessarily have to serve in Congress, although you can, but serve where you are. You are positioned where you are for a purpose. Come on, give room to your brothers and sisters. I believe we got to get close. I believe we got to get close because I believe that when we work together, we can do more for the kingdom, right? So let's get uncomfortable. Shoulder to shoulder. I'm not even going to ask y'all to hold hands, but I am going to ask y'all to get shoulder to shoulder. We going to get tight. As a matter of fact, we going to get in formation. Because we got work to do, men and women of God. We got work to do. We've been sitting around too long. And the problem is, is that when we're comfortable, we don't see clearly. And so we need to open up our eyes and see the people that God has sent us. Because remember, where you are, the position, the title, wherever you are is not because you're so great. Because it's because that's where God has positioned you to do the work that he's called you to do. So why don't you lift up your hands right now and we are gonna pray. Open up your hands, that we utilize our hands to do the work that God has called us to do. To utilize our hands to affect change. To utilize our hands to help others and not be selfish, not be grabbing things for ourselves. Because God will take care of us if we take care of our brothers and sisters, amen? So don't worry about yourself. You fine, you good, sis, you good, bro. Lift up, lift up others who don't know Jesus. That's our calling. You wanna know your purpose, that's your purpose. To utilize what he has given you so that others can know him, amen? So Father God, I pray That you stir up the spirits of men and women of God to action. That they may do what they have been called to do. And that they will utilize everything that you've placed in their hands to help one another. To lift each other up. And to help others who don't know you get to know you. attention, Many may we not do things just so that people can see us, Lord, but I pray that everything we do can be so that people can see you, may they see you in us, God, I pray that we will be representatives of the kingdom, that we will represent heaven powerfully, and God, I pray that the people that you've positioned us around will get to know you, Lord. Give us the words to speak, give us the opportunities, give us the eyes to see when there is an opportunity, Lord. And let us not be scared, I pray for confidence. Holy Spirit, boldness inside of us because we know something that will change people's lives that Jesus is Lord and he is the answer to all of this nation's problems. And so God, I pray that our lives point to you in Jesus' name and let all of God's people say Jesus' name right now, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, praise him, praise him. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at WeAreCoolChurch. And always remember that you were created out of love.